Hey guys, welcome to Inside the Bird. Today we have a special guest. I'll let him introduce himself. Um, today we got the future all-star game and some finally some good offense. So just jump straight into it. Um, what's up? Hi, uh, I'm Tieran Alexander. I write about prospects a lot. And yeah, they asked me to come on and talk about the draft. Yes, yes. Um, sorry. Yeah, we pulled like a Thanos here. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have... I guess my favorite prospect person, no offense to anyone else. Uh, I know Will's, Will could be listening to this. Uh, no offense yeah. to you, but I don't see 250,000 words yesterday. And um, I don't know how mentally you can do that. I commend yeah, I you. Know. Yeah, I commend you. Uh, yeah. Your brain must hurt, but I have to do that eventually. But um, yeah, let's get started. Um, MLB draft is next week. Um as we know, the Cardinals don't lose with drafting. Um, we're seeing a lot of hype from the 2020 draft already. Um, yeah. Mason Wynn is Mason Wynn just broke a, a record that was set two days ago with 100 uh, 0.5 miles per hour across the diamond. No one else is doing that for another few years. So, and then Walker is also playing. He's it. He's hitting once his inning is over. Um, but. Yeah, draft excitement as usual. As as a Cardinals fan, we have what the the most wins above replacement uh, relative to um, our picks since like twenty twelve, I think. Um, so I thought it was twenty ten. Also, also twenty ten. Isn't the draft tomorrow? Yes, it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we are the twenty second pick. Randy Flores is a goat. Um, Tieran, why don't you start talking to us about some of your favorite prospects? Okay. So, obviously, <laughs> at the top of the draft, you have Drew Jones. I mean, I don't know if he needs that much of an introduction. He's sort of should be Hall of Famer Andrew Jones. I mean, he plays a great center field, great athlete, hits for power, hits for average, does it all. He's presumably the number one player in the draft. If he actually goes number one overall, is still up in the air. But he's the top guy, according to 90% of people. And then yeah, beyond that, you go into, like, Jackson Holiday, son of Matt Holiday, because this is a very big draft on player sons from both baseball and other sports. He hits for contact, hits for power, plays shortstop. Not quite as lot of tools as Drew, but still good tools. And then the next or the other one of the big three at the top is Elijah Green, son of uh, NFL tight end. I want to say Eric Green. Uh, he has the loudest tools in the draft, but the most hit tool questions. So where he goes, the range on him is very wide. So, yeah, those are probably your top three. And then beyond that, I like guys. Drew Gilbert's probably my favorite under-the-radar guy. He has... He's hit a ball 115 miles per hour with Statcast, which obviously is very good in the 97th percentile of major leaguers. And he makes a lot of contact while playing a good center field. So I think someone's going to get a really good one outside of the top 10. Um, one of my questions I was reading up on Drew Gilbert for you was, where would you predict that he kind of lands in the draft? Because you have him pretty high on your list. I haven't really seen him as high on other lists. Um, so do you think this is kind of something that the rest of the league ha kind of knows or is this something I, kind of pretty underrated? I think there's 
So I know the Twins have considered him at number eight overall as an underslot option. And I know that teams in the 20s also think they have a chance at him. So the range on Drew Gilbert is basically anywhere from pick uh, eight to pick 28 is where I've heard him discussed in. And it depends on the money. Basically how that lines up is probably going to decide where he goes. If he's demanding full slot, he'll probably fall into the teens and maybe even the 20s. If someone falls above him, one of the consensus top seven or whatever, he'll probably fall as well or go earlier. It's His stock is very varying because he checks a lot of boxes for a lot of teams, but there are some other concerns that like come up and push him down boards and his track record isn't the longest. So like, and then the data sample for him is really small too, because Tennessee doesn't have a trackman in their stadium. Mm. So you have like a 50 batted ball sample to judge him off of. And the data is incredible, but it's such a small sample that it's like, can you trust it? Can you use a top 10 pick on a five, nine guy and believe that he's actually going to hit for so much power? Yeah. I, yeah. I, that was Drew. Gil- yeah. Gilbert's one of the guys. Like, I think if the Cardinals drafted him, he could be really good. Um, I mean, you mentioned that he has ground ball problems in your write up. Yeah. Um, the, the bat speed is obviously there. Um, the hard hit uh, rate, according to the, to the Drakman data so far is like amazing. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. Ground ball rate that like that can be an issue with a lot of teams. Um, not a lot of teams have somehow caught up to fixing swings to still tap into raw power and um, translate that into bold uh, aerial contact. Um, the Cardinals do do that well though. Um, so yeah, Gilbert on the Cardinals and him, like the Cardinals usually are willing to pay up on hitters um, with their first picks. We've seen that the past couple of years with, with pitchers, they underslot from what I can recall. Um, pitchers are also tricky with the Cardinals. I don't like when they draft them because they all suck. Um, but that's it. <laughs> it's a different conversation. But yeah, Gilbert of the Cardinals would actually be like an amazing pick. Um, also like Jet Williams. Um, See, I'm not a big at the fan of speed, so. Why? Why? Uh, actually, I'm, I can understand why. I, I'm not too fond of his lack of projected power honestly and yes i understand he's kind of toolsy the other way and i was reading up on what tieran had wrote about him and talking about his contact skills but if he were to start to try to tap into his power those would probably diminish and uh, i don't know i'm just a little scared offensively with that kind of pick reminds me of who, who did cleveland draft a couple years ago the shortstop in the first round carson tucker yeah, Carson, Carson Tucker kind of reminds me of a little bit of that. I don't know if that's a good comp or not. But I would be scared, especially I don't think the Cardinals need him. I think if you're going for a shortstop, I would want more of louder tools. Uh, I mean, need isn't – I think it's 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 the way that teams look at how they can develop players. Like, they took Connor McGreevy seeing him being like a certain project. Other teams would – look at him differently. Um, Jet Williams, I mean, great bat speed. Um, and if you can take away some of that contact to top in, to tap into the raw power, I mean, that's a great project. Not every team's going to do it the same way. Um, some teams are going to, like, actually maximize them 
some teams are like just not, and you might flop. But yeah, I mean, it's depending on the depending on the team. Like the Cardinals and Astros, they get Jet Williams. Like they can maximize them. Um, the Dodgers, obviously, um, maybe Baltimore. Um, they they're not going to pick them, but um, yeah, Jet Williams wouldn't be a bad pick for certain teams. Some teams he might be like a bad pick. They can't maximize a guy who only hits um, for contact and is limited to power because of that um, by selling out. I actually really yeah. like Jet Williams for the Cardinals as a fit because his issue is a lot of it is pulling the ball and getting the ball to his pull side. And the Cardinals are really good at developing hitters and teaching them to optimize their spray directions and pull the ball in the air and hit the ground balls the other way. And like that's one of their biggest strengths as a development program under Jeff Albert. That's what they've done. It's like all of their top prospects coming up have had that as a strength back when we had spray data public in 2019 before MLB pipeline randomly took that down. Thanks. Uh, they, but so I ran like 200 hitters through the program and they were like to see who had above average spray direction on ground balls. So more than more to the opposite field than the average player and above average spray direction on fly balls, more pole side fly balls than the average hitter. The Cardinals had seven of 12 out of the, t- or there were 12 players with, above average in both in the entire minor leagues of the 200 players I ran or whatever. And seven of them were Cardinals. Like that's what they do. They optimize sprays. So I think the Cardinals have a better chance of than most teams of getting jet Williams tip for contact and power at the same time, because that's yeah. a lot of his issues. Yeah. It's, yeah. Go on, go on. Would you think that maybe Zach Nita would be a more safe pick for the St. Louis Cardinals? I think Zach Nito is a great safe pick for every team, but there's a lot of teams in the top 10 who want him too. So I don't really think there's a chance he gets to the Cardinals. Okay. Where would you kind of expect the Cardinals to kind of pursue the draft pick first round pick? Would you consider them more going on offensive player or a pitching prospect? I think they're going to go with whoever falls. I know they like Chase DeLauter a lot. Who's really good. There's the questions over, the quality of the competition he's played and there are questions over the foot injury or whatever but also he was the second best hitter in college baseball by wrc plus this year i mean he completely destroyed the ball he's hit for contact hit for power at every stop there's some uh swing concerns because his leg kick is a bit weird but the results are there the production's there and i know the cardinals like him I've had people actually tell me that, like, specifically for them. It's the only player I've heard directly connected to them. But other than that, I think they'll go with whatever talent falls because someone always falls, and that's usually who the Cardinals end up taking. Mm-hmm. They did that with Jordan Walker. They did that with Nolan Gorman. They did it. Like, that's yeah, their MO. Too. Yeah. Yeah, they – yeah, whole 2020 draft. Um, I think you know who this is coming from. Um, Dawson, Yvonne, and Melendez. Yeah. And I, I, I love – I don't – Okay, I understand the lack of hype with Melendez. He's 22. It's his. He's basically a senior. He has another year of eligibility. But for all intents and purposes, he's a senior. He's a right-handed first baseman. Like These are not things that if you put it in a draft model that analyzes profiles that have done well in the past, it comes out really poorly because 90% of those players are not successful. But Ivan Melendez has like the best blend of contact and power in the draft. He has, I want to say, like a 90% contact rate in the zone. He has a he has the highest barrel or second highest barrel rate in the country, the second highest top eight V in the country. Like 
he destroys the baseball when he makes contact, and he makes contact a ton. He makes contact if it's up in the zone, down in the zone, inside, outside, whatever kind of pitch, he can hit it. So it's like, yeah, there's concerns because of age, because of his lack of track record or whatever, even though he produced all his other years, he just had some hit issues. But the results are so far beyond like anyone else in the draft that it's like, how do you overlook the results and say that he's not good just because his profile doesn't usually work? Yeah. If a player can hit like that, like um, the top of the class in hitting the ball hard, they don't miss, um, like their bat is, doesn't get missed. Um, I mean, why not draft them if you can underslot and you also see another player you like falling? Like, is that really like a reason against that? Oh, Jordan Walker pulled ground ball. Um, that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean, where would you see him falling potentially or going to? So there's been two trains of thought. There's the possibility that the Mets actually successfully buy Drew down, Jones down to 11, in which case Melendez is probably the favorite to go at number 14 if they get Drew Jones down because they can underslot him at like one mil and be able to afford Drew with just those two picks and get really good players. But if he doesn't go beyond that, I think he's a second-round target at about a million or so, give or take, because he's going to come cheaper because of his age. He doesn't have that much leverage. But he's a really good player. So, like, I think there's going to be more competition for him than people think because he's by far the best underslot target in the draft during the early rounds. Oh yeah! Oh, if the Mets did that, I would actually be pissed. That would yeah. be upsetting. That, that that would actually suck for baseball. I yeah, I think that's one of the issues with the draft. Um, like older college players don't really get to choose if they want to like go back or not, or like earn more money because like they have no leverage, as you said, because um, they don't get to go back at that age, at, like twenty one or twenty two. So yeah, that's completely unfair system. Um, I don't yeah. know. They they still didn't fix it in the lockout. They're ruining it for international prospects too. Yeah. But that that completely sucks. Um, COVID actually really helped draft prospects because now they have that extra year of eligibility. So like Ivan Melendez can return to school for another year if he wants to, and there will be NIL money on the table as the reigning gold and spikes winner. So he has some leverage to not sign for like five k, like some seniors actually will have to, but. Yeah, it's not a great system. It's yeah, I for, I forgot about the extra year eligibility. Yeah, that did help like all college players. Um, uh-huh. bas- basketball, baseball, hockey. Um, a lot of them were using that and like successfully. That's good for them. I, that's actually great. Um, suck pitchers. I'm gonna try to pronounce his name. I don't even think Are I you? can pronounce his name. Are you talking about? Yeah, Yankee? yeah, yeah, Sweden. That was the dude. That was the dude. I was I was pretty interested in reading, uh, Tieran. Like, you talk about his fastball just being just different, and his the way he pitches just different. Yeah, Europe is unique or Europey. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know that word's been so long. But yeah, Cooper is different. What should you call that? He, yeah, let's do that. His fastball is. It's flat, but it's not flat in that it has a lot of vertical movement. Like, your flat vertical approach angle fastballs are all big vertical movement pitches that just 
rise up in the zone and overwhelm hitters. Whereas he's more like, I'll use like a Paul Seawald as an example, even though it's not the same because it's just a low angle that makes a fastball that doesn't have that much carry play really well at the top of the zone. So hitters have a really hard time squaring him up. And then you have the horizontal approach angle that's completely unique as well. And it's just like, no one knows how to time him because there's no one like him. And like, there is some risk that with the advances of batting practice, where like the Giants, they use their batting practice that's literally tuned to the release point and the pitch movement of the opponent. So like, does that unique look fade in the next level when you are facing people who are prepared to face your unique look, in theory at least? Because does it actually work to prepare that way? Only kind of. But like, it's such a unique thing. But at the same time, he does have the ability to add velocity. And if he adds velocity, it's just over. Like, he's hit 98 before in last fall. Like, if he gets to sitting 94, 95 or whatever, good luck. I mean, that angle with velocity is beyond impossible. And then you have his secondaries that all have a ton of movement. And, like, they're slow, but they have so much movement. It's just, like, he's not the easiest projection as a front-of-the-rotation guy because he doesn't throw hard and doesn't look normal. But he has three pitches that all have very unique qualities. And he throws strikes with incredible consistency, some of the highest zone rates in the country. Like, And to top it off, like you have a projection for velocity because he's done it before. And it's just it's such an enticing package overall that even if he's more back-of-the-rotation starter as a median outcome, it's a safe back-of-the-rotation starter with front-end upside if he can add enough power. So I'm very excited by his potential. It looks weird, but it works. If he falls to St. Louis, I mean, I I don't think there should be a question that they should take him. Um, Like, I don't don't even think there's a – I think they would actually improve him because all he needs to do is add some velocity. He's unhittable. Um, Because that's the one thing they actually can do well, which is add velocity. And like that that's like a perfect fit for the team. Yeah. Um like I would I would be so over my head if he falls to St. Louis um in some miraculous way. Um because yeah, I put down in my notes, um that's the like one of the few pitchers who can actually fit a pitching development system for the Cardinals. Um just add to velocity, have him sit ninety four to ninety five. Um like Graceffa was what, like ninety one to ninety three when he was drafted? Yeah, yeah Graceffo did and not throw hard, and now he's hitting 100. Like, yeah, and Tink was, what, 92, 94, now so hitting, Tink, like, 99? Tink's was interesting because his pitching coach in high school was terrible, and, like, and then during bullpens during the pandemic, though, he was hitting, like, 96, 97, pretty regularly. Yeah, I remember, yeah, just, I remember that. It was just in high school, his mechanics were all out of whack. His They weren't letting him go. They were trying to, like, keep him controlled and normal and – it was a mess. But yeah, his velocity of ticking was I don't know if that was as much the Cardinals as it was just him being allowed to play naturally and not be forced into a mold. Yeah, I re- yeah, I remember the um Velo talks. Um because yeah, Tint was not many people knew about like him hitting ninety seven, ninety eight. We were talking about it for a few years. He didn't like make a stat cast debut until this year. Yeah. Like the excitement to actually see him sitting like 97. So yeah, if, uh, if Cooper uh, 
somehow falls to the Cardinals and they draft and they pick him, I would expect like a, a really great pitching prospect long term. There's like no way that you can mess that up. Um, yeah, um, they, they mess up a lot, but like that's <laughs> one of the pitchers they can't mess up. I would absolutely love that. Like, I need it. Um, I don't. I don't think there were many pitchers that I went out because I just don't trust them with pitchers. Like you draft the best talent available, but it's also who you can maximize um, in terms of um, the product and value. It's just really hard to find pitchers who like the Cardinals can actually maximize. That was a high popper though. One guy I definitely wanted to mention while you were here was Owen Murphy. What's your thoughts on him? I love Owen Murphy. I think there's so much talent there. He has such promising pitch shape on all his offerings. Like, it's not the perfect conventional profile. He's not throwing hard in high school. Whatever. Who cares? It's high school. He ultimately, though, it's low release, ideal fastball shape, feel to spin the ball, feel for secondaries. Like, it's just, it's such an enticing package overall. I think it belongs in the first round. I don't think a lot of teams agree with that. I think most of them want to buy him down to their second round pick. But the talent is just so obvious, and he's so dominant. Like, his production is completely ridiculous. And, like, yeah, you don't care about high school production, but also it's nice to see. It's like, he's just, he's he does everything. I mean, he's a two-way guy in high school. He has an actual chance to be a shortstop if he wanted to. It would be stupid because he's so much better on the mound. But, like, he's a legitimate shortstop prospect, too. And it's just, like, it's an incredible athlete. It's good pitch shape already in progress. There's some work to do with him. He's not, like, a finished product by any means, obviously. He's a high schooler. But, like, you have so many good fundamentals there. And he's a high-makeup kid. Like, it's just – it's such an enticing package of desirable traits that – yeah, he's a first-round arm for me, for sure. Oh, interesting uh, question. Or what are your thoughts on uh, Jung? Because, like, that's high variance, I would say, right? I, so I have various feelings on Jung. He's a great hitter for the most part. And then he just, like, he has such good feel to barrel balls in the sweet spot where like his sweet spot rates are some of the best in the country 90% of the time. And so like, he's hitting a lot of balls at optimal off launch angles, but he's also hitting a lot of balls at terrible launch angles where he can't do any damage. So it's like you, it's all or nothing with his battered balls is what it feels like. There's so much variance in that, that like it feels like the barrel accuracy could collapse, but also like he's making amazing swing decisions and He's consistently produced. He hits for power. So, like, there's obvious appeal here. I think he does belong in the first half of the first round, for sure, like, even with the lack of defensive value. But there is some mild collapse risk because he has so many mishits right now. And a lot of college players have mishits. That's the norm. Like, the average player mishits, like, 30% of their balls in college. It's ridiculous. But Jung is over that threshold and like he's supposed to be this safe college bat at the top of the draft and he is relatively safe but there is risk because there any risk in the bat with a person not providing much defense is always a little alarming for me so like 
the appeal, absolutely get it. Because, yes, just crushes the ball and makes great swing decisions, makes enough contact. Like, he's going to get on base. He's going to hit the ball with authority. But there's just, like, that mild risk that things, things collapse. So it's it's an interesting fit. I don't really know what to do with Jung, in all honesty. Like, I think in the yeah. right system, he can be amazing. He can fix it, just get rid of the mishits, and boom, instant top guy. But at the same time, in the wrong system, I think you can try to critique the wrong thing, improve contact rates or whatever, and end up making him terrible. So, Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think this isn't like a player comparison, but like on contact, you're like, with John, it's kind of like Gallo, how he, he has those hard hit fly balls, but it's like, um, it's so, like even some of his barrels, like they're just too high to actually do damage with. Um, which is why sometimes you see like low wrap ups with them. Um, yeah. yeah, like with Jung, you, you're having like a bunch of balls hit over like 50 degrees, right? That's just like, yeah. I mean, it's fixable. You just don't want to yeah. sacrifice too much. It's um, weird though, because he also has the low way too much low, and then he has the middle is like super high for the ideal perfect sweet spot range. It's like incredible. Some of the best in the country. But then he has these really bad ones. And it's just like he's missing those middle between the good and the bad. And like it feels easy-ish to transition bad into middle. But it's who knows. Like Yeah, it's like I think for those types of players, it's I, I think like sometimes they have like the right swing. Um, and it might not be um, fixing the swing, but more I, – I know what Paul Goldschmidt does when, like, his swing feels broken and he's just popping up everything, or especially Arenado. He has, like, a lot of those pop-ups in slumps. Um, going Like, a team with great drainers, that's usually, like, your body not aligning, um, allowing you to, mm-hmm. like, slip under the ball, come over – um, come under the ball too much or maybe even roll over. So, I mean – yeah, teams are smart enough to realize, or most teams, I hope, not yeah. Kansas City. Um, or yeah, yeah, Kansas City or Colorado. That's I don't. That's not a good fit. But yeah, I think yeah, some teams can maximize them with great trainers. Um, so he feels right, like seventy five percent of the time. Um, yeah, and you can lower those miss hit rates, and that can actually like really help them maximize them. Be great bat. The defense is always like a concern with some of these players, as you said. Um, yeah, you don't you don't want them having to just re- rely on defense. I mean, on offense when they come up, that puts yeah. a lot of pressure on young players. That's why they don't like DHing them. So yeah, when you look at that, it's um, can we get his body right or make him feel right so he doesn't feel like he's miss hitting and having to change his swing constantly over and over again, um, get in these slumps. Yeah, I think I did too much talking there, but you, you summarized it pretty well, too. Um, I also have a question on Kevin Parada. Uh, yeah. Another defensive limited prospect, um, but also, and also, like you said, the fastball, with inside fastballs, he's struggled with um, yeah. con- like exit velocities, but like the power is certainly there, right? Um, yeah. I could be corrected. I think that's an interesting 
player to look at because that's like great raw power. It's just getting to the fastballs inside, which I think can be done, obviously. Yeah. I think it's a pretty easy fix. It's just his hand load is a bit long, is what it seems like. So shorten up the hands and get him shorter to the ball, and he should have a much easier time turning on the inside pitch in theory. Again, this is just theory. Like, it doesn't always work when you plan these things. But it shouldn't be that hard of a fix, in theory. So I don't think it's that much of a turnoff on him. I think, ultimately, the contact quality, the solid approach, the decent contact rates, like, I think he's still a very, very good prospect. And there's not that much risk other than the defense. Yeah, that's, yeah. I actually, yeah, I would, that's a really fun project for a team. Not like a hidden gym thing, but like with that type of power, if he's fixed, it's like an amazing, amazing, amazing hitter. He can sit, stick a exploit some value. He can in there. Do you, uh, what was the um, speed tool for him? What would you rank on that? Uh, Probably a 40. I don't know. Speed is awful yeah. to grade and small samples and without like actual tracking it's nightmare because home to first times are the most unreliable thing because it, if someone's going max effort they're going to grade way higher on the scale than the average player and if they're not going max yeah. effort they're going to grade way lower so it's like you can track anyone with such huge range of times so it's just it's silly i think speed is the stupidest thing to evaluate in anything that that's game speed without sprint speed tracking like it's just pointless because you're gonna miss every time you use it yeah so, 40 speed yeah i think i have 40 speed but it's very loose because i don't trust my ability to evaluate speed at all yeah the acceleration is i think that's a teams should yeah scouts should use the acceleration more for the ranges because yeah yeah that kind of matters more i guess that's it with draft prospects in terms of Jeff, did you get all the questions answered that you had? Yeah, basically. All right, on to some of the trade of, deadline. Or do you want to start off with some? Let's go deadline first. Okay. I want to start with the with the big hitter, the the most realistic um outcome of Juan Soto making <laughs> a package. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> this is a this is crazy. I mean like the fact Let's just start off with the fact that they tried to lowball him, kind of. Like, at first, when you see $440 million, you're like, holy shit, like, you're fucking crazy if you don't take that. But I think most sense, most people would, you know, tend to think that'd be anywhere between 10 to 12 years. But apparently it was 15 years. And uh, I don't know. Obviously, I would think that he is worth more than $29 million a year. Uh, Juan Soto is definitely a generational player. And so now it's led to him probably – I mean, he's going to get traded at this point. Like, there's no point in keeping him, <laughs> especially the fact the Nationals are not going to be good within the next two years. So Juan Soto is probably going to get traded. Um, I see a lot of, like, STL reporters or who they call reporters <laughs> saying that the Cardinals really aren't going to do it. But I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I'll have to run. I – you had yeah, you had a trade package thing a few months ago. What, oh, like you yeah. said two or three teams. Yeah, I said the Rays and the Dodgers at the time were the only ones I thought who it realistically made sense 
to move for Soto. And even then, like the rate, the only reason I said the raise is because they offer it on Freddie Freeman. So like maybe they're willing to spend and they have the capital and it wouldn't actually hurt their major league team that much. But like the problem with Juan Soto is he has so much value that the amount of teams that can trade for him without hurting their major league team is so small. And like, I think during the off season, a Juan Soto trade makes a lot more sense because you can realistically subtract your young starting pitcher and replace them. But you can't do that in the season. You don't have that many options to trade for Juan Soto with your entire farm mm-hmm. and then replace the Alec Manoa or whatever you traded away as well. Like you can't do that. So I think the amount of actual suitors is very, very slim. Yeah, I think the Cardinals probably actually have the capital at this point with the breakouts of Wynn and Hence and Graceffo yeah. and literally everyone. I mean, their farm has gone crazy this year. But, like, I, it's just – it's such a hard thing to see happening in season. I mean, yeah, we – like, remember the the bets trade? I mean, even then, that was never going to happen in season. Um, and they yeah. brought a third team in just to, like – um help with the, the value that they would be losing in the farm. Like you can't really trade away a whole farm and then expect to also buy other players to surround them with. Cause you let you like, you lost all your trade value in one trade as great yeah. as Juan Soto is. Um, you would trade your top prospect immediately for him, but it's just, how do you do that without hurting the franchise in season and hurting your chances? Um, because, like, you don't want to take away someone in a rotation who's, like, yeah. of great value. And I, I think that's where, theoretically, the Cardinals have a really good shot because if we're talking about need with the farm system and the future of the team, the Cardinals don't need Jordan Walker. Yes, he's incredible, and I would think mm-hmm. that, that he they would consider him untouchable, but theoretically, like, he is, like, the type of the, – the perfect player. Him and, I would say, Gabriel Moreno – like the Blue Jays and the Cardinals to me have great shots and obviously the Dodgers do too. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the Blue Jays and the Cardinals have top have like what I would say top 15 prospects recognized that they could trade and it will not hurt the future of the team. Yes, it does change some plans, but I don't think like the Cardinals don't need Jordan Walker, right? Like we all agree that, with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. need him. We have Nolan Arenado, we have Nolan Gorman is Jordan Walker. What well, I think he is a special talent. I think he is one of the most tradable top 10 players or top 10 prospects in the league, which sounds fucking crazy. It sounds nuts. But he is one of the most tradable guys. And I think realistically, like, the Cardinals probably won't do it because of the money. But I saw someone say something earlier about how Paul Goldschmidt's deal is up in 2024 and that yet yeah, the Cardinals could kind of, like, in turn change those contracts. Obviously, Goldschmidt will probably be a Cardinal longer than then. But I think that's something that we need to think about is that they they could do it. They they actually could do it. And I think that they should be recognized as such, and they kind of have been a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird dynamic because, like, we were talking to Ron. Uh, like, actually, I'm not even going to expose the take. But personally, um, I would think that you would trade Walker before – win yeah thinking like yeah. long term because the cardinals hole is always at shortstop <laughs> they don't ever need outfielders like you have nolan arenado locked up um 
either way. And like you're not doing it in season because of the opt out, obviously. You don't want to run that risk. Um, but like if he opts in, which ninety nine percent chance that he will, like if you get so Walker's not playing third base. Yeah. yeah. And like you don't need to force him in the outfield. Um and if you do, you could just trade for Juan Soto. Like, like yeah. there's there's nothing. It, it's it's all like it's not need. It's oh, this is Jordan Walker. This is like a top five to seven prospect in baseball. Some of the best raw power like in baseball currently. So like we could just plug him in and get even better. Like this Juan Soto um, versus like Mason Wynn, who is like a shortstop. You've needed that for years best arm that like we've ever seen um at that position you have Tinkins um in a pitching development system that's needed help for years and you have, like you're finally getting like a high caliber type starter prospect so yeah like walker is really tradable that's crazy to think that i think hence and win are two guys i would personally keep over walker and i think we all kind of agree on that it's it's pretty interesting. I do think the Dodgers ultimately will probably get him just because that's how this stuff works, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Astros. The, do the Astros have the 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 prospect capital though for it? They can trade. They for always do during the offseason. They, yeah, they always do. Try like that publicly. They they don't, but like teams know it. They do like that. Like any player above. Uh, a ball is probably great for the Astros. Like they could trade anyone and not be hurt. Yeah, I, I the thing the Astros probably have a little better than the Cardinals too is like the pitching. Um, they could trade, and I that's the problem with the Cardinals. You really you don't want to trade Hens. I think Graceffo, I would be fine. Obviously, for Soto, I'd be fine trading him. Yeah. Um, I think Graceffo to me is the kind of the pitcher in the Cardinals system that has some of the best trade value that they're willing to trade because let's be honest, like teams know Libertor is not that great. They know he's not that great. Right. But I think the nationals kind of are a stupid franchise. So I, I, I could see them loving Libertor. They're trading one soda. Of course they're stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have them locked up, if you're considering trading him, actually, I can't really say this is actually a dumb move because like, Oh, Brady's back. Um, I can't really say trading Juan Soto is like a dumb move at this point, but like he did lowball him. Uh, he tried to maximize the years that he's locked up. Do, do we even know if there was a no trade clause involved? Uh, I don't know if that's been reported. For but... what? For who? For the contract offer. Oh, see, yeah, I, I, I just, I think it's just straight up Juan Soto just doesn't want to be in DC. Obviously, they lowballed him, but I, I think he doesn't want to play in D.C. I wouldn't either. But he, he, he's going to be like, what, 24, 25, getting a bunch of billion-dollar auction bids? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I, just going to go I, to the team. free agency. But I do I think the, the crazy thing is whatever team trades for him probably will be able to sign him long-term without even question because, like, it's crazy. The teams that we're talking about, like the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Yankees, as I think another team that could possibly do it, all three of those teams are competitive. They have good futures. And Soto would easily sign with those teams. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind Soto would come here and sign long term. 
um, because he also is one of those players like Arenado that does care a lot about the history of the game and where the team is at, at, and the future of it, too. He knows a lot about baseball, obviously. But I think Juan Soto, I, I kind of agree with you, Tieran. I don't think he's going to get traded in, in the seat this, uh, during, the real, blah, during the regular season. I think Washington would be smart not to either, but I think they'd get better package in the offseason, even though the half year. Surplus value of a third team. Get that. Uh, yeah, because they're not – they're going to have less leverage right now trying to rush yeah. a trade yeah. uh, through this deadline than they ever will. Because this is, what, half a season left to control um, that were, like, indifference between this and the yeah. offseason? Trade them in the offseason when, like, teams have, like, the entire, like, what is it, three, four months? Yeah, you will just... have, like – 10 teams bidding at least if you wait till yeah. the off season and you might even have like the Orioles or someone throw their hat in the ring yeah. next year. Like you, it just, it makes so much sense to wait. Like if you get Baltimore or Seattle to start like in that bidding war, I mean that the Houston Astros would have to up their price. Um, even somehow the Cubs that scares me um, want to join in. Cardinals yeah. would have to up their price. Um, the Yankees, like anyone in that division, joins in the Yankees have to up their price like yeah. at least I would say 10 to 15 teams would probably be checked like every team's going to check in but like 10 to 15 teams are probably seriously going to check in yeah if you wait and I feel like we can confidently say he's not going to go to the Mets sorry Mets fans um, I they, they do not have the prospect capital to trade for him like yeah they literally have Alvarez they have, they have and that's it that's literally it maybe yeah. I would say that maybe they can get him if he's a free agent, but I feel like any team that trades for him and gives up so much is just going to be – they're going to be unwilling to not sign him because that is yeah. – Dude, you can't – yeah, you can't pay – you can't trade from him and then just not pay. That's yeah. like that's a lot of value you lost. Which is also why the move won't happen at the deadline. They'd have like three days to negotiate a contract extension. Like, because if the deals – contingent on extending him you're not doing anything without it and yeah just not the time yeah yeah any team yeah any team that knows they can win is probably looking for like Brandon Drury not like Juan Soto yeah if you need like if you need like a Juan Soto type bat to even consider yourself a contender I don't think you should be trying to go for that in the season that's something you need to do. And I th- I think a big thing is where the Yankees, where they can be aggressive, really comes on if they re-sign Judge or not um, in the offseason. And that's that's why, like, if I'm if you're a Cardinals or Dodgers fan, I re- you probably really want this to happen now. And I think the longer it goes. Yeah, yeah I think I- those are the only two teams who can afford him right now, like, yeah. without yeah. destroying their MLB team. It's like – because – Cardinals would trade prospects plus like Carlson or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, it hurts, but you're replacing it with Juan Soto. So who cares? Yeah. And Vader will be back by that time. Um, Yeah. That's the thing too, is like, I've seen people talk about Tyler O'Neill possibly being traded. I don't think Tyler O'Neill would be a part of that deal. Um, Why would the nationals want to sign a guy or trade for a guy that'll be gone soon? Um, That didn't make any sense to me. I think Carlson would have to be in that package. Yeah. Um, Carlson yeah. would add a ton of value to that package too. Like, I wonder if you could do Carlson, Walker, and Graceffo. Uh, um, I'm, I'm just going to make sure everyone knows this. Um, they're going to have to add Newt Bar, top 25 prospect value. Just want to make sure that 
that's known by now. Um, yeah, Barth's amazing. He, yes, he, yeah, we need to we need to give him his respect. 110 miles per hour off the bat at 32. Now, was but new bar I got that. Montas. That's something. Uh, sorry for going a little too fast on the Soto stuff. Now, like, kind of more going more into the pitching is like, who the hell are the Cardinals going to acquire? They need they need to acquire a starter. I think it's it's no. They are going to acquire, a starter, right? Like, even last year they fucking got John Lester and Jay Happ. They're going to do something. Nolan Arenado has spoken up. They have to. Now. Like, yep, yep. Everyone, is, everyone is speaking. The train for Mad Bum now. Dude, oh, I help you. Dude, I swear to God, if you get Mad Bum, they're not going to get Mad Bum. I can promise you that. Um, but we were talking uh, last time, kind of like what direction should they go to? Because like Montage obviously is the main candidate, but with the injury, it's kind of like, whoa, what the hell? Um, and yeah. still TBD tomorrow if he's starting. Um, I hope he does. I really do. Um, I hope he does, but I also hope he lowers his value. Um, anyways, um, we haven't talked about Alec Burleson and trade packages. Oh. I think that's a forgotten piece. He's the most tradable guy in the system. Yeah, that that's also like a like last year they couldn't really just trade anyone. All these guys are in their first year, um, like lower levels. Like these guys are like everyone knows it's legit now. Um, yeah, the way they've developed, like you could just. They could easily trade for two aces right now. Yeah. Like, that can totally happen. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they need to the way that they just completely abuse their defense. Um, they can go get, like, a great under-the-radar radar reliever now and then just get an ace um, flat out. Like, um, something, you mentioned Burleson. Something that, like, uh, kind of went a little bit under the radar is them the other day with – who got injured? I forgot who got injured, and they pulled up Newbar instead, instead of Burleson. Your pass uh, got injured. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Instead of Burleson, I think a big part of that is this, the forty man, him not being added to the forty man, which kind of to me says that they're kind of ready to trade him. He doesn't really. I don't even. I mean, it's sad. I don't even think. I would trade Gipes. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so would I. Um. Right now, my my um, bench outfielder looks all right. Gomez one, Burleson two, Yepes three. I mean, one of one of those three are going to get traded. I also Not think like Gomez is better than Yepes. Yes, yeah, I love Gomez. Moises Gomez. Oh yes, that's at Tehran. Oh, yeah. Boises is good. Yeah. Just destroys the ball this year. I don't know what happened. I mean, like, he had tools before, but he actually didn't hit the ball hard at all consistently. His hard hit rates were pretty bad with the race. And then, I don't know, something clicked. I mean, whatever he's doing, it's working. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's actually an everyday player, but he's good. And he's a real prospect now. Like, just so much power at this point. And, yeah. There's obviously hit concerns for sure, like major hit concerns. But ball go boom, like <laughs> yeah, like ball in the air, ball go boom. I don't care about hit. Like, like he, like he, he went to AAA. The major concern of those players moving up is can they translate those 
the lack of contact tool with that plus 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 power to actual success in higher levels. I mean, in his adjustment period, he's like ten percent above average. The ball's yeah. still flying against better pitchers. Um, yeah. Like at a certain point, you really stop caring about the contact tool and see that that's like a sustainable thing. Obviously, like there's a gap between major league pitchers and triple A pitchers. The balls are different there because uh, it's flying. Um, I don't know why they've done that still, but um, yeah, I I honestly see him as a better player than at least Yepes. Burleson's chase rates also concern me at times, even though he's still sustaining great success there and at every level he's been at. Yeah. But the, the chase rates are concerning for Burleson. Um but they're also the, that's the same thing for Yepes. His raw power is like great, but he makes contact out of the zone sometimes too often. Um, it's yeah. prone to just missing changeups out of the zone. So I'm going Gomez long term. Um, I hope that's respected among you guys. Understood. Yeah, I I was really hyped for Yepes, but like after being able watching him every day. Now, I'm a little not like turned off him, but I'm not as excited about his bat long term as I was earlier. I think he is tradable. I also, I, 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 this is something I wanted to bring up on this episode. Am I crazy for thinking that maybe a Paul DeYoung, Brendan Donovan shortstop duo? would be worth it if you trade Tommy Edmond uh, as a part of a package for a starter. Am I crazy? I, I feel like if you're trading Tommy Edmond, I feel like it has to be more than just a good starter. It has to be – you'd have to be getting a, a very quality starter. So, so, say, yeah, no, don't undersell Tommy Edmond here. Yeah. Tommy Edmond's just good. He's been consistently a great player, one of the best defenders in the league. Like, yeah, the Cardinals can afford to lose him, but – it's just and like their roster isn't even worse if you lose him, but it's just it feels like selling low to move him for a pitcher right now. Yeah, I think what what we, pitcher in your guys's mind though would be worth Tommy Edmund? I don't even know because like what is worth Tommy Edmund? Oh, I don't even know, but I know that yeah. if, some, if some team traded their like their ace pitcher for Tommy Edmund, like the cas- <laughs> casual fans would would just be so pissed at that. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be so pissed. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking about that now. Oh, that's, like, a hilarious scenario because, like, he's an amazing – like, he's the definition of why war was created, to, like, find value in players that might be undervalued. Um, That's why all these stats exist to find base running, uh, to value defense. And, like, he's literally, like, textbook of why this is a thing. Um, And it's – yeah, it's it's funny – because, like, you can say sell him, but, like, the the base running value he adds, I mean, that can be taught, but, like, you're losing that. I mean, he's consistent. Like, he's probably the best defensive utility guy in the league. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's just – and, like, Donovan's not great at shortstop. Young's good at shortstop, it's like, but his bad is just – So bad. Yeah. So, like, sure, you can – trade Edmund, but like I I can never answer the question of what is worth Tommy Edmund. Yeah. I don't think that can ever be answered. Never will be. I yeah. think 
I think with with the amount of control he has, he's almost in the like tier of players who just have so much trade value that it's kind of hard to actually trade them. Yeah. Yeah, to actually get his worth back. But also, like, given his age, he's not going to be the key piece in a deal for a rebuilding team's ace or whatever because, like, his age doesn't really line up with their timeline. Even though he's controllable, it's like... So, he's... Yeah, you can't, like, sell him because he has so much... You can't use him to buy either because his value is unique to contenders. So it's just, he's in a really weird middle ground where I don't really think he's a trade candidate. Yeah. Like he's literally like, the, like when, when people describe like a stereotypical Cardinal, he's like the stereotype of a Cardinal. He's, he's, the, he's the perfect Cardinal. Yeah. Well, so, like, with the Tommy Edmund trade thing, I, I feel like you could trade him to a team that's like on the verge of contending soon, but like, but just like this year and maybe next year, they're not really looking yeah. to compete. But a team that's on the verge of contending soon, first of all, I mean, you could trade him to Baltimore for a relievers, but again, Baltimore doesn't need him, though. You know. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah. And um, I was thinking like the Mariners, but they don't need that. You yeah, know? they don't. The Mariners need second base, but yeah, they, they, they can't afford to remove from their rotation right now. They're so yeah, thin they're... there. Like it's good, but it's so thin. That yeah, like. Mm. A team that's on the verge of contending is like on the verge for a reason because like they don't have they're missing a few pieces and why would they trade the pieces that they have when they're getting better and these guys aren't working deals so, like I think you can't the Giants off to just sell they maybe would be a fit if they chose to sell but I don't think they will so and who would they sell? like they're not going to trade Carlos Rodon Rodon's a rental but he, so is, he, is he a two year or three year deal oh he has an opt out. Oh wow! Yeah. So, oh, Peter was talking oh. about that. Peter was Peter was talking about that. But oh yeah, wait, yeah, you could just trade for one now. But I, I, like, do the Giants actually want to sell when they're that? Yeah, I don't think they will. Hard? Yeah, but even the, if they collapse in the next week or whatever, who knows? I need them above the Padres, but their defense yeah. is just adding so much negative value that so they That's forgot true. how to do everything. Like, would, and then would literally save their team. Like, I, I know. I, I think they would. They would be in second place with the actual defense. They just sold out for everything. Yeah. But, actually, in- yeah, the Giants could take. Hold on, hold on. If the, the I mean, Tommy Edmonds' defensive value adds so much. Now, um, they could. It's a possibility. They just wouldn't get Rodon. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to trade Rodon or Webb for Edmund. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe Kyle Harrison? That would be, that'd be kind of lit if they got him, but doubt that would happen. But you're, you're, not, you're not trading Tommy Edmund for, like, a non-great yeah. starter. That's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if the Giants are selling, Alex Cobb would be a guy I would want to trade for. Honestly, yeah, um, yeah. Isn't his FIP and Cobb with a good defense is actually a yeah. really good pitcher. But the Giants' oh, defense what? is it's terrible. That's that was a guy I remember we were talking about in the yeah last year. We were Even about. yeah, last year. Yeah, was... I, I, it, like literally the exact same thing happened this year where he just gets last year he got fucked over by the Angels' defense, and then this year's the Giants. It's the exact same thing. I wonder if that's something that the Cardinals could look at if if the Giants. 
Yes, and the Giants even even improved his stuff this offseason. So like, yeah, he got better. Him, <laughs> he just got yeah. worse results because yeah. Like I I will gladly take him with lower uh, with a lower price because his defense absolutely sucks. <laughs> I don't think teams think of it that way, but so the Giants if they want to trade him. The Giants are three games over, and they're winning one nothing against Brewers. Cobb is actually pitching a three hitter right now into the seventh inning. Well, it's Milwaukee, so yeah, yeah. That's thing. I, yeah. God, Milwaukee sucks. Why? Are, I don't understand how they're good. Thank God Josh Hader blew up. It's been time. It's been coming. Um, thank you, Lord, that the Brewers have cooked them. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I'm I'm sick and tired of Josh Hader's success. Have the Cardinals sure. ever scored a run off him? Like I actually can't remember. Any any occasion? Um, it was, yeah, it was, was a few ago. years ago. Who hit the home run off of him? Oh, shit. oh wait, oh that, this was what 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, who was that? Oh my god, it was Ozuna, right? Oh, it was Ozuna. Yeah, it's been so long. Dude, that was a no. Last there time. were there were a few situations where we had the base, bases loaded. There was one time that year where we just had a an immaculate inning. Yeah, that they was- should. I mean, you ask why the Brewers are so good. I think you know the que- the answer to that question. Yeah. It's obvious. Obviously, like, right. pitching pitching increases floor. It's just it's annoying watching them get away with this garbage offense that they don't even try to improve. It's just they know they make the playoffs because they have amazing pitching and don't try other than that. And the thing and, is, like, they're gonna make the playoffs. They're always gonna win close to ninety games. And they're not going to do shit in the playoffs. Ever. And they don't want to pay their players. They don't want to pay players. And they do. They, and should they, not play. they fuck up when they do. They pay Yelich. See what fucking happens. Yeah. Um, God damn. I hate the Brewers. I hate that this is they're even in part of the competition. I'd rather have... Like, honestly, people people used to say the Cardinals are no fun. No one wants to watch the Brewers go into the no, playoffs and lose, lose a game 32. Corbin Burns would be the only reason I would want to watch Brewers if I was yeah. a baseball fan. No, Corbin. No, good pitching is only fun when uh, when your when it's your team. I don't like watching other teams' pitchers be good. It's not fun. I agree. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I kind of like Sandy right now. It's been fun. Like, 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 I really don't enjoy watching Corbin Burns versus the Cardinals and Dakota Hudson is pitching in the game somehow ends two to one. Like. <laughs> Please just watch yeah. out. <laughs> like, that's not fun, man. I hate Dakota Hudson. I hate. I hate Dak. I hate him. Don't hate the pitcher. Hate the hate the organization. Yeah. Keywords. I think Dak could have been good. <laughs> he could have. He should good. be good. Yeah. Um. I think he's still what is, Teron, what is, I, I need your thoughts on Verhagen. On who? Verhagen. Drew Verhagen. Oh, Drew Verhagen. Yeah, he's. Fun. His stuff looks so good, and he just doesn't work. And it, it's weird for sure. Like he has really good secondaries. He has, and it's just, I don't know. Command the Cardinals being the Cardinals, like, yep, something is not clicking. We, and like you know, if we DFA him, he's gonna go to the Astros and be an ace because that's what they do. But like, and he has talent. It's just. Something with his stuff is not clicking. It's just, yeah, it was sad to watch a few nights ago. Like, we've talked about it. Um, DMs, like, they could stop having him throw that meatball four seamer against 
right-handed oh, yeah, pitching. I mean, so batters. Much. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can work sometimes against left-handed batters, but that's not even the main issue. Um, like, he got actual success against Wookiee Betts and Trey Turner, and then they just went right like back to the four-seamer down the middle um, to Will Smith. Like, it's annoying. It's it's really annoying because he should yeah. be really good. Did you see the interview after the game where Ollie like said that he just like he need to stick with his best better pitches? Yep. Ollie I, Ollie gets it. Uh Ollie, I like that Ollie is he's not like uh, I don't know how to say this nicely. He's not he's not a bitch like Mike yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he he's not afraid to actually like say something. I, I love Ali. I I again it's I've always said this. I think once you don't have Pujols or Yachty around, you're gonna love him even more. But he's a good man. He is a good manager. If he just had better starting pitching, this would be he, we'd be talking about manager of the year, right? I would actually reliever usage hasn't. Actually, I mean, it, if it, we're it, being honest. It's the starting pitching. Well, manager of the year yeah. goes for whoever has the best record in the league. That's just how it works. So unless you're the no ma- manager, go. I don't know. There was like a fucking team. like there was yeah. like a study on this in the NFL. It's most no, no, surprising no, no, team or best record. It's... Yeah, yeah, most. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But even like the NL is pretty simple though. No one's really surprising. Yeah. Well, the Mets are gonna win, or Showalter's gonna win because. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, if you don't know by now, the Mets will met. They're gonna fall. The Braves are gonna win the division. Yeah, Braves. Braves well, got yeah, Braves are winning Braves the division. Got they're not. But, if they don't win the division, they're not. Buck Showalter's yeah. not getting manager, yeah. and they're not. They vote the on awards before the season ends because they have to submit their ballot on the last day of the season. So a lot of people will vote before, and when the oh, Mets come back in the last week, <laughs> last day, you mean last day? Yeah, the last three, five, the, and like you're on a seven game losing streak. To miss the playoffs. Yes. The, the the Mets will in ninety one and I can't even do math, you do it for me. They will they will lose the division on a walk off Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh they will lose the division on a walk off home run. Everyone will have their votes submitted. Um it will be off of Edwin Diaz to erase the ERA. Actually tells they already claimed that title for it at the ERA, but um, it will be off of Edwin Diaz on a ninety five point four mile per hour per hour uh pulled Home run. That's how they're gonna lose. Yep. Uh write that down. But yes, Showalter will somehow win manager of the year. Um, I, I really him. hope that he wins manager of the year and then gets fired. You remember when Dwayne Casey won coach of the year in the NBA uh, when he got fired? That was great. That was great. I loved I love that shit. Remember Mike Schill was a finalist last year after getting fired? Yeah. yeah. Paul Molitor, I think it was, won with the Twins, and then he got fired the same year. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love, I love, I love the manager of the year votes in like all the sports because it's yeah. like, it's always the old, it's always the old managers who, who take like take the reins of a good team. Like yeah. they don't even do anything unless it's no. Have you seen the? Have you seen the? Uh, there's a, there was like a study done in the NFL that the team the team that overperforms their their Vegas over under. Like the most, the coach of the year in the NFL, it's it's, it's almost always from that team. Yeah, you know, yeah. performs the most, and that's yeah. how they do it. That's that's the coach of the year. That's how yes. the world. As, no one knows. As, as we all, manager. as we all know, 
coaching adds 10.5 wins uh, per team uh, for a manager of the year. Um, yeah. the, the best war for any coach goes the, the best two actually. The our top three in the past um, 40 years. Tony LaRussa, 61.6. Uh, Mike Matheny in his short term at 50.5. 50.5. Wow. Write that down. Wow. Mike Schilt just missed out top five at about 30.8. Uh, so I, I, th- I think that should I, I, that should be noted. Um, Brian Snicker actually in his in his reign as a Braves coach somehow accumulated forty point five. Uh, it's been quite impressive, quite impressive. I think wow. he'd be more valuable than Acuna. That's that's why they won. I mean, he got injured, right? Yeah, only one because the manager. That's true. He was on the field. He didn't miss a game. He didn't miss a game. Um, crafted the outfield. He he gave them that that devil magic stole it from St. Louis and gave it to Rosario Duvall. Who's garbage? I don't. Why is Duvall? I don't know. They shouldn't have won. I hate they the Braves. Should have been. The They're a great team. They're a great team, but yeah, that's how it works. But yeah, I, looking at this trade deadline though, like who's the biggest name that's going to get traded? <clears throat> Castillo, uh, maybe? It's, it's Castillo, right? I don't even know. I feel, like, credit, man. I feel like Otani could be traded. No, no, no. 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 The That'll be an awesome no, no. no. First, the, the, Angels, the Angels are too stopping anyways. Oh, yeah, it's I never. think there is a chance to maybe in the offseason. And it's a very small chance. Like, Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the Angels are I don't think the Angels are going to pay him. I don't think they're going to pay him. Oh, yeah, I don't think they will either. But also, yeah. They they get in seats in the stadium. They they're not trading them. Really? That's what you think? They. I, I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to sign them to a bit. Like they just fuck up on every. Obviously, Otani is amazing. They just fuck up with every long term deal. Like other than Trout. oh yeah. But also, Otani is the most marketable player in baseball. So his revenue just from being on the team yeah. will make up for a lot of the contract because yeah. like. Jersey sales, ticket sales, whatever is all going to be through the roof with him. You know what hurts is I just know he's going to be a Dodger. Oh, oh yeah. no, absolutely, no. it's terrible. No, who? Where else would he go? It's gonna, okay. It we, can't say, we can't say we can't say we can't say Otani's a Dodger and Juan Soto's a Dodger. There's only so much value that you can actually like spend. Uh, but that is a quick question. Who I don't know who's going to get him. I think Please we have to say the someone's a Met. I think we're gonna have to say that the league is gonna re get in since someone of the Mets. That's no, no, no. He's going to the Giants. Farhan. Giants? They, they, mm. they haven't spent big in the Farhan area. They haven't spent big. Oh God. Imagine. They spent big. They, they haven't spent big. No they, they got a lot of they got a lot of money. They got a lot of money, or they should have. I mean they've gotten unlucky a few times. Yeah, it's I mean the Farhan I might like, be coming. I because like I just like I'm, tr- let's think of the West Coast teams. Padres. Also, I, I feel like people forget that the Giants used to be like they used to spend all the time. Yeah, and it's. I feel like they can definitely do that again. They're locked and loaded right now. Fuck, um, he is gonna he is gonna be a Giant. Yeah. If and Soto Padre, is not a Dodger, then Otani. And, and if he ends up on the Padres, they lost the trade. Beating the Padres lost the trade somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that is how it works. I, the yes. Padres are about to fall, man. 
I'm telling Let's you, go. dude. Have you? Did you see their lineup today? It was. So, it's so. It's so dog shit. It's literally it's Machado. Such an ass lineup. It's literally just Machado. Don't they have a hard second half lineup? I mean, uh, uh, second half schedule. That's I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't saying. know, but I know the Cardinals have like the easy schedule by far. I have. Wait, you know, bet I put in at the beginning of the year is like the over under of like eighty eight wins, eighty eight and a half wins for the Cardinals. I'm taking the over. So it was eighty. It, I I I I would have thought the over under for the Cardinals at the beginning of the year would have been lower than that. I, thought, I would think it would be like it's usually eighty six. They always put in the eighty six point five. They always like that's the thing about the Cardinals. You always have to take the over on them. Like they always win more games than projected. When's the last oh. time they didn't take the over? Maybe like maybe sometime during the Matheny era, I would guess. I I'm guessing know. 2017 or 2018. It would have had to be in 2016. I don't think 2018. I think maybe like 2016. And it would have had to be in 2016 because that was the first year they didn't make the playoffs. Didn't they finish like with 83 or 84 wins in 2018? No, it was 88 wins. Remember, which one was, was, was the 83? That was 2017. Okay, yeah. Flaherty came up and like they were. Oh. Remember, no, remember the 2018 Cardinals would have made the playoffs. 2018 Cardinals would have made the playoffs remember, if the Rockies remember, didn't cheat. Do you remember in 2018, the Dodgers, um, when Bryce Harper got put on waivers, they claimed him because they were so scared of the Cardinals? Oh, yeah. They claimed him because oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't want anyone else to trade for him. Yeah, and that's how the system works. They yeah. literally were thinking the Cardinals were going to get him. They were so sure the Cardinals were going to get him. We could have yeah. had 2018 Carp with Harper, man. We had Carp. That's when Flaherty and Michaelis were really good. Um, who Wong was breaking out a little bit. God, that, Dude, that I, I hate that Rockies team. Team. Fuck the but, 2018 Rockies. They don't. That the only reason they made the playoffs because they cheated. They cheated and they weren't even good. They were not good. But think about it. If it wasn't for that 2018, 2018 Cardinals, Rockies, were if it wasn't for that 2018 Rockies, Nolan Arenado would never be a Cardinal. I don't know how like yeah like how do you like didn't you sign a contract? People criticize, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, people criticize the Astros for cheating. It the, the Rockies were just, I mean, like I, I get the course thing and all. The course doesn't like course can actually make you worse on the road, but like how do you cheat and still just completely suck? You cheat. You cheat. You sign steal. You have course field and you still suck. That's sad. Yeah, I well, Coors Field hurts more on the road than it helps yeah, at home yeah. because they don't build their yeah. roster correctly. Like, yeah. you can build a roster that gets better in Coors relative to your opponent, but the Rockies neglect that a lot. And like, imagine yeah, they're going to be hurt fly on ball the hitters, and they should just dominate in Coors. Imagine, yeah, imagine if they were smart. Like, if they were smart, they would be utilized. Like, they signed Chris Bryant. I thought they were actually like gaining some knowledge. They were being smarter, but no, they are still the same Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Their pitching I, I, is just so misutilized. There's so much potential yeah. there, and they just don't. Isn't it? Um, what is it? Um, for the fastballs, you want um less. No, you want more vertical drop with them. You want rise on your fastballs because you yeah. lose rise in course. So you want fastballs that aren't dependent on rise. So ones that are dependent oh. on angle and velocity, basically. Yeah. And then you want splitters and you want sliders because those aren't hurt in cores either. And then you it's don't completely... want slow curves because those are terrible and the Rockies love those. Oh yeah, I was I was thinking. Yeah, last doesn't night doesn't how... uh, doesn't Adam Wainwright like suck at cores? Doesn't he yeah. ask? Yeah, I was I was thinking last night how when the Cardinals take their trip to cores, how it might actually like 
legitimately be the worst series of this season. Dude, um, Dak, imagine if they start Dak, Mads. <laughs> no, no, Max wouldn't be. Um, if if that uh, happens, I don't think Max would be. It, it would be if Wainwright starts there. That's yeah. that would be a painful game to watch. Either yeah, way, okay, we need, we need Adam Wainwright to to stat pad ERA. All right, so you make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and and for for his sake, I I hope they don't start him in court. I think Ollie's smart enough for that though. It's dependent on this. Not, no, no, so. they're not because Adam Wainwright and Yachty are going to try to force the battle. <laughs> they're not going to skip a start. Skip They'll a never start. Do that. <laughs> Man, I forgot we had to deal with that this September and August. Oh my God, that's going to be terrible because they miss games too. So they have to actually force them to get more starts. Yeah. That's another Dude. thing. Like, the, are the Cardinals going to look for a catcher, man? I I feel like they should. They said they they're not going to look for a good one. Trading for catcher in season is always really risky because they don't know your signs. They don't know how your pitchers pitch. So, like, a lot of the times trading for catchers at the deadline doesn't work. So I think um, this, the smartest thing to do would be would be to call up uh, the top five catching prospect that you have. Yeah, that would be smartest. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't know what Andrew Kisner is adding to the, to the organization right now. Um, but, I mean, he's a bad hitter. He's adding, he's he's adding bad... white privilege. That's what he's adding. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe we yeah. went that long without a Brady quote. <laughs> it's because he was gone for 30 minutes. Yeah, I don't know shit about prospects. I just I just let you guys talk. You can talk. I'm, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. You guys just talk. Aaron, you know way more about this shit than me. So just, just go ahead and talk. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to talk. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Herrera's like his hit tool is is great. His raw power is actually. I don't know why Fangraphs is so low on him. It's like, weird because they had him as really good raw power before. Like they said, he was one of the only teenagers with a 110 mile per hour exit velocity, which yeah. was wrong. But they said that last year. Like yeah, there were thoughts with that. Oh. Their data was terrible. They just decided he didn't have power anymore. For and no then reason. They just, and then they just somehow decided his blocking was terrible. Isn't his CDA in the in triple A like actually like his blocking? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's right been good defensively. Yeah, like, I, I I don't get where they get these numbers from. Like Mason Win forty fifty field. That's just not a thing. But yeah, uh, back to Herrera before I ran about that. Um, I mean. From what I remember, he he doesn't like swinging at anything close to his knees, which I can actually yeah. respect. That um, you won't be prone to like low changeups that are telling in. I can like actually respect that. That's pretty nice. Um, sliders outside, he would miss um, swing inside of um, high fastballs. He's getting to like not gonna whiff on high fastballs. Like once he gets settled in. Um, his framing can be shaky, um, lower in the zone. Like we, we saw that when he came up, um, and it wasn't like his ter- framing was terrible. There were some games where it was just like great. Um, there were some spots in games where it was iffy, but yeah, I mean, like I honestly think he has like top five catcher ceiling. Um, yeah, probably one of the best ceilings for 
any catcher prospect out there behind the obvious ones. Um, I, I would I, say that um, he will improve his framing and it'll add more value, but by the time he does that, there's probably going to be robot humps and framing is going to be dead. Yeah. Which is why blocking matters. Yeah. Yeah, except does it really matter? Like, it's not going to become more valuable. It's just going to be more proportionately valuable. But, like, yeah. if a catcher doesn't block and hits, who cares? Yeah. And I was, I was, I was, it was a random thought I had. What if, with the shift of man, what if with with no outs, um, any count with like not two strikes, you had the catcher in the field and just left that left the umpire behind the plate. I don't think that's allowed. That should be allowed though, hypothetically. Hypothetically, well, they're gonna get rid of the shift by then too. Yes, for, yeah, yes, but hypothetically, a team should attempt to uh, have a catcher in the field. You already know um, they like like if the ump messes up with the robo ump, punish them. I don't think they're gonna like ban the shift. I feel like they're just gonna limit it. Yeah, it's probably gonna be limited. Yeah, yeah, and I hate banning the shift. It's stupid. Like, be, yeah. just be be a smart team. Just de- develop sprays like the Cardinals and Astros do. That that hard. And the Braves, like, they do it too. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, yeah, the Braves do it. Do it well. Like everything's hard hit. Yeah, we respect it. But yeah, I, I don't get why we are catering towards dumb teams that can't spray uh, ground balls to the opposite side and pull their fly balls. Is that like why are we catering towards the Yankees? I like no one wants that. No one wants to see that, bro. Yeah, it's not fine. They're ca- uh, they're uh, catering for the ex Woba merchants. That's what they're catering for. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's they it's want people to recognize that StatCast is the best source of stats, so they have to make it so it look, lines up with real stats. Yep, this, yes. is, this is a Rob Manfred conspiracy theory. Yes. He's, trying, wall, to, he's this... trying to hide the truth that the truth that X Wolba is a bad stat. Yes, X Wolba is actually the greatest stat out there, and it's just that um, the shift exists, and it's technically no longer a thing anymore in minor league. So use X Wolba for minor leaguers because that's the greatest stat of all time. Not not actually analyzing sprays because those do not matter at all, and great teams do not actually care about them. Don't look at that, guys. Um, I think that's all I really have now. I got my rants off. Oh wait, no, I have a Mason win one, but Mason win one. Um, uh, more people need to pay attention to my my franchise shortstop. One hundred one hundred point five miles per hour across the diamond. Broke the record by two point seven miles per hour. Exactly. Like, no. Yeah, just shattered it. One one play, one throw. Like, I, 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 I don't want to use the G word, but I have to pull it up for for my G. Do here. it. Do um, it. Do it. No, uh, no, 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 no. Toronto hates the word. Uh, no, say it. I have say listeners it. who hate the word. I good. He's a good prospect there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, um, but no. Uh, some of the, like, I think his defensive floor. No, his overall floor is some of the highest like i've seen yeah years for a prospect the defense is so good it just like yeah he could hit not at all and be an everyday player because it's just defense beyond like anyone it's yeah yeah he's so like i I have a question though do you think that he could hit over 20 home runs sorry can you repeat that do you think mason Wynn could hit over 20 home runs in the major leagues I think it's possible. 
I don't know how likely it is because so right now Mason Wynn is just making contact almost 90% of the time in the zone and that's his carrying skill for the most part and really good barrel accuracy as well hits a lot of line drives like it plays there is raw power in the tank he had really good bat speed in high school he still has good bat speed that hasn't gone away and like he does have a few high-end exit velocities but they're not consistently there I think there's a universe where he gets to 20 homers in the big leagues. Maybe not in Bush because Bush is awful, but we fixed it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we have, we have a cheater humidor now that fixes yeah. everything. But like, but yeah, I keep going. I think there is the capacity for power there, but I don't know how likely it is to actualize. I think there's like maybe a 20% chance he gets to 20 homers. We'll say like, there's potential but i think he's more likely to be like an average power guy with a plus hit tool who plays god tier defense like and that's an amazing player so is there another comp other than maybe jp crawford i don't really like the crawford comp because one i don't think crawford's that good of a defender without like i think he's helped a lot by having evan white and then ty france at first base does make his job a lot easier i think I've thrown out Andrelton Simmons just because, like, oh wow! But the level of like dominance is so far beyond what we're used to. I don't yeah. think there's a good comp though for the skill set because again, arm is unprecedented. Range is range paired with like anything resembling that arm is beyond belief. Like, the bat is actually good. It's yeah, I don't think there's a comp for him at all. So He's very good. Put the you- man in minute made. Put him in minute mate. Yeah, shoot at thirty home runs there. <laughs> like, put him, put him in minute mate a little. I like, I would, I would actually give him to the Astros uh, for free just to see that. Like, that would actually be like a really fun player to watch. Um, not that he isn't fun at all, but like fun play. Yeah. Um, what was, I, I think you showed me something. What, like thirty percent? No, it was less than that. Um, might have been thirty percent pulled fly ball. Um, hard hit percentage. We tried to figure out what that meant, but yeah, it was I don't pretty have to low. Know what that other means? It's, yeah, 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 it's high. I know it's high because I've seen a lot of other players, but like H pull percentage, something. Yeah, I don't I, know what we're gonna yeah, we're gonna go with hard hit percentage for that because that's the only H that's really used for that. Um, the what, like what a, hit percentage maybe, but like it doesn't line up, so I don't know. But yeah. yeah. The 90th percentile exit below was kind of low, but like, I mean, it's not like he's like a small player that's hitting for contact like Nick Madrigal. It's yeah. he might be making it, too much contact. Yeah, he makes too um, much contact without his own pitches. Yeah. That's what it is. It yeah. leads to mishits and drives down exit losses a bit. And like, that's totally fixable. He's a 20 year old in double A. Like, that's expected. Like, yeah. I mean, like, the way he adjusted to double is also like pretty incredible. Uh-huh. Like that, the ballpark is hitter friendly, but like it seems like more pulled fly bars are like actually leaving for him. Um, yeah, because you have to try even harder in Peoria and Palm Beach to even hit them out. Um, yeah, I guess going to um, Springfield might help a lot of Cardinals hitters tap into that power. Um, not feel like they have to adjust to you know, like fully get to the power itself. 
like yeah, his raw power is not even terrible. Like yeah. it might just be a matter of hey, make less contact, um, or ch- change your swing like slightly, so like you have better better uh, barrel accuracy to like get better exit velos in the air. Yeah. So like the the bats like amazing. Um, just looking at what it can be. And, like, the defensive floor, like, I hate putting war medians for players, but, like, I would have, like, that's probably, what, like, a top 10 median for yeah, prospects. I think at, he's at least. in the top 20 prospects without question. Like, probably top 10, honestly. He's so, so fun. Just the tools are so uncomparable, really. It's, yeah. So like, then why can't we call uh, – I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Why can't we call him generational? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You, you, you brought it up first, baby. I'm an arm. I'm an arm. I'm an arm. We the arm is possibly. definitely generational. But, like, yeah. it's – there's it's there's a little bit of risk in the bat, which is what keeps him from being generational, basically. Like, there's a chance that he's only a league average bat, and then he's just a four- to five-win player. Oh no, the horror! Like, just, just, <laughs> just. <laughs> like, yeah. I would cry if he's a four to five wing player. I would be on the ground upset and blaming Jeff Albert. How terrible! That's the same with Yeah, and then there's like there's some inconsistencies in the field as well, or whatever. Like, he is young. He has to work some things out. There's theoretically a chance he doesn't. So, like, can he be generational? Yes. Is he there yet? Where we can call him generational comfortably? Probably not. No. Yeah. yeah. There, yeah, there are two reasons why I hate the I hate the word now. Um, I've grown. Dylan First Harris. of all, well, no, he's still respect the one forty five fluoride WRC plus that's coming soon. Uh, wait until next year. Um, first of all, um, he, prospects have been ruined because of the likes of Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando yeah. Tatis. Um, you can't really expect a prospect to be like that every time and I it's not their fault but they've kind of taken away from that word itself and yeah they're just like a whole another type of like player um coming up um you shouldn't expect like a top prospect to be like a six win player like if you get like a four win player out of a top prospect that's great that's Um, yeah that's yeah um second of all I I don't want to be um Carson is nice um, all over social media when why why when when my team has a three win player but he is a 110 WRC plus but is not an MVP player. I, I that that mentally not like I okay, don't. Okay, you consider that that's that. the best player on the Brewers by like yeah. six miles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't want to be saying Willie Adamas is a bad player. Yeah. I mean he is a bad player. I don't respect you. Um, but I I don't want to be moping about having a at 3.5 win player. Yeah. Like that word is only limited to players that have made it to triple A and have adjusted like uh Gunnar Henderson. I respect him. Yeah. Um, Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. How is Gordon I can't even say that. I can't even say that. I love Carol, but I can't even I don't even want to go there with him yet. And that also takes away from people like Ronda Wander Franco who are good solid Three and a half win players, but uh, might not be MVP players. Yeah, but 
they get ranked number one and the expectation is that they will be like the other previous number ones. Yeah. Just, it's a really mm-hmm. flawed word. We need to limit the way we look at prospects. Because um, they're yeah. only, they're young, they're still like our age, 19 to 21. Uh, so they have a lot of pressure on them. Expected to perform at high levels. Just can't expect that with everyone. Yeah. yeah. Fair. I also kind of wanted us to talk about Tink Hence with you. Yeah, Tink Hence is amazing. Like, I've been high on Tink Hence for a while. I had him as a first-round grade out, coming out of the draft. Like, he's such an obviously good player. He was one of the t- final cut for my top 100, both this year and last year, where it's just like he hasn't proven it yet, but I know the stuff is there. And then he blew me away even more than I thought he would when he debuted in low A. Like, his fastball has above average vertical movement coming from a 5.2 foot height foot release height. Like that's beyond ridiculous. I mean, like Freddie Peralta is I think 5.1 foot and average vertical movement. So like, it's the same idea as Freddie Peralta's fastball. except you add three miles per hour to it. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? With your... And then you have a curve that has plus depth and like, yeah, he's working on feel. He's working on adding power to it to, make it actually play at the big league level. But it's a solid pitch. And then you have a changeup that is very, very inconsistent, but will flash really good fade to the arm side and has somewhat decent depth. Like, there's an th- amazing fastball, probably one of the best in the minors. Like, Daniel Espino's the best, and Grayson's probably better, and that might be the entire list. Like, wow. it's insane. And then you have two quality secondaries, and he's throwing strikes at a fairly high rate. He's been doing this since he fixed his delivery uh, during the pandemic where things work. His delivery works. He throws strikes. It's he's just he's so special He's yeah, he's already a top 50 prospect for me without question. Like there are very few pitching prospects. I think I'd rather have than him at this point. Some team is going to some some team's going to be or some team's going to think they're smart and put a bunch of left handers in the lineup in his debut. And he's just oh. gonna spam a bunch of four seamers, horizontal <laughs> movement. <toward. laughs> it's gonna. Like, I, I pray that some team thinks they're really smart and just puts nine left-handers in the lineup against him. So <laughs> you're telling me he has a chance to be a top like ten prospect in baseball? Oh, I don't God. think quite yet, but I do Not think that's his upside. Is upside okay? Yeah, that is absolutely the upside. It's, I mean, like just with the fastball is such a foundational piece, and it's so. So good. It's yeah. I don't want to overreact on the podcast because I'm it's recording. People can actually use this against me. Yeah. Um, the fastballs. Uh, I, I've tracked just some of the best I've seen. I've seen in the minors on Statcast this year. It's just, I mean, when you have a pitcher that you will actually like track every five days and then look for the center yeah. code copy and paste that in or go through the time of you typing that off. I, I mean, typing that in on your phone because it doesn't copy and paste it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a special talent. Um, I'm going to talk about the play, uh, the pitcher that pitches after him because he's also special. Um, Jack but, Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that because he's special. Uh, we love him. Um, but yeah, Tink Hintz is just amazing. And I think the, the, the best thing about it is he's still filling out. I think you might yeah, see him hitting ninety nine, a hundred next year. Like, yeah, like yeah, it's 
It's such a good player. The delivery is so clean. Like, there's so much room to add to his frame. It's there's it's, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna go with a player comp player. He's just Tink Kent, and he's amazing. Um, yeah, that seems accurate. Yeah, I, uh, we've been waiting years to see him debut um, in Palm Beach, and we're actually being rewarded. It's, it feels really nice. Yeah, I'm um, very scared he would be terrible. The Cardinals would have ruined him in two years. And no, they made him actually good. It Just, actually puts... It encourages me that Dusty Blake might not be terrible. I don't think the Cardinals as a whole are great at pitching, but I think there are some people there that know the proper adjustments for some of the players. At least a few. Um, yeah, I don't think Dusty Blake's terrible. Um, I'm hoping to see some turnover this offseason. But on to Jack Rolston. Um, love his cutter. You love his cutter. Yeah, his um, cutter is very interesting. It's just, I don't know, I'm a sucker for cutters, especially cutter primaries like his. Like, he's throwing in the low 90s, has above-average carry for a four-seamer, which is obviously great carry for a cutter. And it's from a super high release. I want to say it's like 6.8 feet, I think. Yeah, yeah it's 6. around 7, 6.8. It's like so really high release cutter with above average carry for a, for what is usually a four seam fastball, and you have unique angle from the high release, and then you have decent secondaries. Like they're not up to the par of the cutter, obviously, but like they're not that bad. And there's building blocks there, and yeah, throws strikes enough. Like it's not a top prospect by any means, but it's a good prospect. Who yeah, it's a can, solid. Yeah, it, it seems like a like a solid three to five starter um, if developed right. Like not not like top of the rotation, but like that's like he has good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him a three to five. I think he's like a five or a bullpen arm, but he's a good bullpen arm. Is I think where I'm at. He's older. My view, so but my view of a three is kind of ruined by the Cardinals. I I forget this. Yes, the Cardinals version of a three is very different. <laughs> yeah. But the Cardinals version of a three has a three ERA anyway because of defense. But yes. yeah, yeah, I love him. Um, who's can't pronounce? I can't even pronounce his name. Um, uh, I think it's, oh, yeah, I don't know they, yeah, they need a four seam. He needs a four seam fastball. No more singers. Uh, oh yeah, four seam would make him so good. I don't know if it's actually. A conceivable d- development for him because his wrist orientation, I think, is what I was told, uh, is naturally pronating. So it's hard for him to get a straighter fastball, I believe. Yeah. I have to verify that later, but I think that's what I was told. So I don't know if a four seems really possible, but he has good secondaries. Like, yeah, the changeup. Yeah. And he has yeah. low release height, and like, there's desirable traits there for sure. Yeah, it's um. I think the sinker isn't great. The, yeah, the thing is, like, you can run through the, like, Palm Beach with sinker changeup. Yeah. Um, we don't know how that's going to translate in um, A-Ball and Peoria, but I don't think he's terrible as one person as um said he is. Um, yeah, he's I'm looking at you. Yeah, the Jackal fan is, should be trusted with prospects. He sucks. Um, but I, I think he's good. Also, speaking of Pacheco, um, 
I want Pacheco in the major leagues right now. He's um, in the majors now? Oh. No, oh. no, no, I want him. I want him. I want oh, him. Oh, I, did I was first. excited. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be excited too. Like, I don't know why Junior Fernandez is on the roster over him still. But um, what it, I don't know the exact numbers on his fastball. Um, I know I it has good to rise, right? Yeah, I think it has good rise. Hold on, let me pull it up. I have it somewhere. But so, yeah, he's big fastball, just overpowers low level hitters with solid velocity and good life on it. Uh, I think he's a fairly low release height guy, too. He has a breaking ball. I want to say it's a slider. Like, uh, hold on, I have it up in a sec. So, yeah, plus vertical movement of fastball. Actually, a high release guy, but plus vertical movement with velocity. Throws a hard slot or somewhat hard slider with really good depth and some sweep like just good stuff i mean stuff plays so i don't think he's as good as the minor league numbers indicate but he is definitely a major league guard yeah so like it's like if they like the combination of putting him say i don't know how you would combine it with helsley guy because guy is high high release um yeah uh Fastball isn't great, but he gets away with spotting it low if the slider is on. But Helsley, lower release height, fastball, vertical movement is like amazing. Um, I don't know how you would combine that with the higher yeah. release height um, velocity. But like Helsley, Gallegos, Pacheco would actually with Hicks and Cabrera that like those five. That's a playoff bullpen. And Walsh, Walsh is good. Yeah, Walsh. Oh, I forgot Jake Walsh. How the mighty and Whitley. Well, I don't know how they how they yeah. ruined them, but how the mighty have fallen. I I was a big Whitley guy this offseason. It's sad, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they, happened. they could they could have a great playoff bullpen. Yeah, um, just looking just at need it. a rotation. <laughs> yeah, like in big need of the rotation. I guess we circled back to the point. Um, about thirty minutes later, but yeah, we like in need of a rotation uh, badly. I think the team can honestly contend and win a World Series. Uh, like looking at it, their lineup matches up well with an LA pitching um, staff. I hate them against the Braves because the Braves just manage contact well and actually shift well. It's annoying to watch. But yeah. for some reason, I, I see them matching up better with LA's rotation than Atlanta's. It's weird. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, I haven't looked but, that closely into it, but I don't trust anyone to beat Atlanta. In all honesty. Yeah. No. Like going from Spencer Strider to Max Fried to Ian Anderson, yeah, just they're like yeah, they do a good job sequencing pitchers. Like, yeah, that's just not something I would want to do if I were in a lineup. Like, I'd rather be dealing with similar velocities, but being abused by Kershaw. Yeah. Um, Resnick might not like this, but the fastball is actually good. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'd rather have that, especially with the Urias and Kershaw. The Cardinals lineup can actually have a chance um, yeah. with Hadley and Anderson. Um Carlos could actually match up well with the Dodgers. Yeah, the Braves I would want to avoid. 
I guess I got to all my points. We've kept you for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. It was a great podcast. I think, yeah, this is the longest one we've had yet. Um, okay. I think we want to hit two hours once, but. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think we ever have. We haven't? I don't think so. Congratulate! I can't even speak now. That's how long it's been. Congratulations, Teron, for keeping us engaged for this long. And yeah. yeah, thanks Thank for having you me. So much for uh, yeah the great analysis, and we're gonna make sure to definitely uh, link your um, your top five hundred uh, draft prospects into our. Yeah. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is this is last second too. It was a blessing that we were yeah. actually available. Um, thank yeah, you. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're going to do the final thoughts thing, yeah, but you can go first. You go first. Um, Jeff, you first. Okay. Uh, number one, as I always, I hate the Mets. They're about to fail. Here come the Braves. Watch out for my Marlins, man. And I want to trade Brendan. Shut Marlins. the hell about the Marlins. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. They're not good. This is stop. Stop. This is, no. They're not good. Um, and my last thought is I would like to trade. First page of denial. I'd like to take Brendan Hodgson. Ready? All right. I feel like the uh, Cardinals. They're. I feel like they're poised to go on a second half run to, for the division. Feel like I feel. I feel like they're poised to do that. Yeah. Uh, they play the Reds, Pirates, Cubs, and Nationals a lot, and I feel like they're going to win a lot of those games. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't about it i had no thoughts um at the present except that Cardinals are five and one with me in attendance um they're, and i got to watch a large new bar in the last year i've been to three games <laughs> and two of them were one run losses to the pirates and reds respectively <laughs> wow. wow oh yeah it sucks um Jaron, final thoughts um don't no, <laughs> just yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Bad, bad. Yeah. I guess we'll say it for well, you. Let's help, let's, help that's hard. let's help him out quick. Who's the who is your favorite player in the draft? Uh, favorite player will go with Daniel Susick. I think he's a lot of fun. Shades of Devers. I mean, just destroys out his own pitches. Doesn't make sense, but he does. So I like profiles like that. All right, great. Thank you guys. Oh, oh, sorry. You want to do it? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Take Thank out. you guys for listening. This was a great episode, and uh, we'll we'll come back to you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening. All right. The Marlins suck. They're not going to be good. <laughs> okay. Don't listen to Brady. Goodbye. <laughs>